G'day, and welcome to the AOS Coach sneak peek into the Fury of the Deep battle box between the Ideneth Deepkin and the Fire Slayers that Games Workshop were kind enough to send to me in advance of its general release. Now in this video, I'm going to highlight the key changes in the War Scrolls that are featured in this battle box. So there are no Allegiance abilities, there is no Battle Tome, there is purely just the War Scrolls for the units in this box. So I'm going to show you the rules for the new heroes for both the Ideneth Deepkin and the Fire Slayers, as well as the new points for match play, and some, some of the sneak peek into the lore. Now within this box there is no mention of allegiance abilities, battle tactics, battalions or enhancements, so I can only assume that they will follow in a battle tome in the near future. I don't know when that's going to come out or if that's going to come out, so I can only put this into context of what we currently know. So let's dig into the good stuff and show you off what you're really wanting to see. Starting off with the Fire Slayers and their new hero, the Auric Flamekeeper. Now, the lore behind the Flamekeeper is its role is really to cremate the recently slain um, Fire Slayers and extract their ore gold so it can be passed down to the next generation of warriors. Now, it starts off with a pretty generic Fire Slayer hero characteristic with a base move of 4, a 4-up save, bravery of 8, and 5 wounds. It doesn't have a shooting attack and all of its attacks will happen through the melee profile which is through the brazier axe which is a range of one four attacks hits on threes wounds on threes has rend minus one and deals two damage the reason you're taking the auric flamekeeper isn't for its combat prowess but rather for its ability the master flame rune and the way it works is when you set up this model you place a d6 um, with a one facing up so use a d6 or some form of counter token that is different to your wounds keep that in mind each time a friendly fire slayers model is slain within 12 inches of the unit you are going to increase the value on that dice by one to a maximum of six now once per turn at the start of the combat phase when the value is at six and six only you can draw from the power of the rune and pick one of these following abilities and you apply the ability to one friendly uh, Auric Hearthguard, Hearthguard Berserker, or Volkite Berserker that is wholly within 12 inches of this unit. So you've got one in four of these options, and once you apply this ability, the dice goes back to one and you start counting again. You can either give the unit a six-up ward save, you can essentially apply Berserk Fury to a unit which allows your model, when it's slain and it hasn't fought in combat yet, uh, the model can fight before it's removed from play. You can get that unit to immediately charge and remember this is in the combat phase not in your combat phase so it means that you could charge with a unit that's currently not in combat and bring it into combat or you could add one to the damage characteristic of that unit's melee weapons it's probably worth calling out as well that the auric flamekeeper is a totem so any of the commands you are issuing from the flamekeeper are going to have a greater range compared to a generic hero that isn't your general there are War Scroll updates to the Hearthguard Berserker, the Auric Hearthguard, and the Volkite Berserkers, all of these units featuring in the box. Now, there are a lot on the War Scroll, so I'm going to just call out the key changes as opposed to go through every single line item. So starting off with the Hearthguard Berserkers, their move, their save, their bravery, and their wounds all remain the same. So does the Broad Axe and the Poleaxe melee profile. So if you currently have the old Battle Tome, they are the same. 
the throwing acts have slightly improved. They were fives and fives. They are now hitting on fours and wounding on fours. Duty Unto Death has changed, and it's now a flat four-up ward save, but it does require you to have a Fire Slayer hero wholly within nine inches instead of just being 10 inches like the old book. The other thing that you will notice is that in the old book, if you didn't have a hero within 10 inches, I think it was a, a flat six up ward and you got a plus two boost if there was a hero nearby. You now just flat out lose the ward save in the new book if you don't have a Fire Slayer's hero wholly within nine inches of the unit. The Smoldering Brazer still does two mortal wounds on an unmodified hit roll of six when you're using the Poleaxe, but otherwise not too many changes when it came to the Hearthguard Berserkers. Your Auric Hearthguard have become more brave and they have seen a boost to their bravery that's now eight and their movement save and wounds characteristics remain the same as the old War Scroll. The Magma Pipe shooting attack is the same, but the throwing axe change is consistent across the unit, so they too are going to benefit from their throwing axes hitting on fours and wounding on fours. In melee, your magma pipes have gained a rend minus one, though the profile appears to remain the same otherwise with the hits and the wounds. There are two ability changes you'll want to take note of. First off, the Molten Rock Bolt has changed. The ability has been completely reworded, and now when you roll a 6 on those Magma Pipes, so if it's an unmodified hit roll of 6 in shooting, you subtract 1 from the target unit's movement characteristics. So you're essentially reducing the opponent's movement by 1 until the end of your opponent's next turn. Now this ability cannot reduce the target's movement characteristic, below half. The other ability that's changed is the Lost Sworn Protectors that used to be on the Hearthguard, and that was the ability that provided you a 4-up ward save for your Fire Slayers heroes that were within range to they could bounce wounds and mortal wounds uh, off a hero into this particular unit. There is no replacement rule on the War Scroll, so you've just flat out lost that rule. But that's not to say that in the updated Battle Tome, whenever that might be, that this rule might be on a war scroll or within an allegiance ability. Finally, you've got the Volkite Berserkers, and you'll notice that the war scroll has been split into two distinct units. So in the past, it was one war scroll for uh, two different unit combinations. You could have the unit with uh, double hand axe, or you could have the unit with the sling shields. Now, they are two completely different war scrolls, and they have been pointed differently as well, which I'll talk about later in the video. So there are two different sets of profiles. Both units have the same movement, bravery, and wounds as the previous War Scrolls, but you'll notice that the Sling Shields now have a base save of 4+. It's not a plus 1 boost to the save roll, it is a flat 4-up save, which means they are still going to be able to benefit from Mystic Shield and all that defense, and to be able to bring that armor save up to a 3-up. Like the rest of the units that I've already spoken about, the throwing axes are hitting on fours and wounding on fours. Both of the units still have the Berserk Fury, which once per battle allows that slain model to fight in combat before it's removed from the table. Now the Volkite Berserkers with their hand axes have lost the Fire Steel hand axe ability, and that used to give you a re-roll of hits in combat but you do gain the Whirlwind of Destruction. So for the Volkite Berserkers with the double axes, they now get to add plus one to the attack characteristics in melee. Now the condition with this though, is that they must have made a charge move in the same turn. So should they charge, they will now be uh, having three attacks on the profile um, instead of two. 
The Bladed Sling Shield ability has been reworded as well. And the way it works now is that after the unit makes a charge move, you pick one enemy unit within one inch of this unit and you roll one dice for each model in the unit. On a six, it suffers a mortal wound. I think from memory, this unit was more generous. I think it was like a six inch range or a three inch range. It's now based on the one inch range to throw off those shields and, and generate a couple of mortal wounds before combat. Otherwise, everything else with the hand axes in melee has, hasn't changed. Um, your unit champions and the abilities for the horn have remained the same as well. Flipping the tide and looking at the Ideneth Deepkin, we do have the Archelian Thrallmaster, and the lore behind them is that they are the outcast regal Archelians, but they go on raids as the raider captains for the Namatis who are going out seeking those fresh souls on behalf of their enclaves. We start off by looking at a pretty standard foot hero base profile with a movement of six, uh, a save of four, a bravery of seven, and a base wounds of five. The Thrallmaster has no shooting attack, and it relies on two sets of attacks, one from the Thrallmaster's weapon, the other is from a familiar. The Esoteric weapon is a range of one with five attacks, hits on threes, wounds on threes, rend one for two damage. The Familiar has a Vicious Bite, which has a 1-inch range as well. Two attacks, hits on threes, wounds on fours, no rend, and it has one damage. Much like the Fire Slayer hero, you aren't taking the Thrallmaster for its combat prowess, but rather you are taking it for its ability to support your Namati warriors. And the ability you're looking into is his Archelian Fighting Stance. The way the Archelian fighting stance works is at the start of the combat phase, you pick one of three fighting stances, and that lasts until the end of the phase. So you're going to be able to flip these out in your turn and your opponent's turn. Now, there are three options to choose from. You can either re-roll hit rolls of one for attacks made by melee weapons by friendly Namati, as long as they're wholly within 12 inches of the Thrallmaster. The second ability allows you to have exploding sixes. So if in melee your unit rolls a six unmodified to hit, it's going to score two hits on the target instead of one, and you go through the normal sequence of wound and save as normal. The last of the three, and probably my favorite, is this ability to create a 12-inch bubble that is a minus one to wound for the Thrallmaster and friendly Namadi units that are wholly within the bubble. So it's a little bit different to the Frostheart Phoenix, but if you think about how little abilities there are to give yourself a plus one or plus two to your wound roll, being able to draw that down with a minus one is a great ability and why the Frostheart Phoenix for five or six years has stayed consistent in the competitive meta. So probably one of my personal favorites. Moving over to the Ideneth Deepkin troops, there are three War Scrolls within the box, one for the Thralls, the Reavers, and the Alapex. Now, there's been one consistent change that you've been begging for since the dawn of time, and I better start off with the Nomadi Thralls. So put that bottle of Hopium down because the Thralls have finally got range of two inches. This is not a drill, folks. You finally got it. Your Thralls have range two. Movement, save, and wounds characteristics remain the same on those Nomadi Thralls, but you do have a small boost to your bravery. So bravery has moved up to seven. I think it was six before. You're now at seven. While the range of the Lenari Blades has increased to two, there were no other changes to the profile and the hit wounds are all rend. But there was a big change that I really liked in the Sweeping Blows ability. And the way it works now 
When you target a model with a wounds characteristic of three or more, you get to add plus one to the damage to your melee, which is awesome because in the past that was a condition of wounds characteristic of four or more, it's now down to three or more. And for anyone who's worried about the sweeping blows against wounds characteristic of one, nothing's changed there. So it's just the conditions have been reduced slightly. The Icon Bearer still gets plus one to the attack characteristic of themselves, but you have lost the reroll Battleshock test. So, uh, and that's consistent both for the Thralls and the Reavers. Speaking of Reavers, they saw similar changes with their move, save, and wounds characteristic remaining the same, but their bravery has gone up to seven. One of the big changes for the Reavers, which you may or may not like, I think there's probably more context to come with the Battle Tome, is that the Whisper Blow ability has been consolidated. So in the past, you used to have two different options. You could shoot with an Armed Fire or a Storm Fire. It is now just one attack profile. The Whisper Bow profile has a range of 18, has two attacks, hits on threes, wounds on threes, has rend one for one. The shooting attack has generally improved all round. You've got a better to hit and to better wound profile than you used to have. You've gained rend, you've lost the option to three attacks at short range, but you've gained an ability called the Ripples of the Aether Sea, which adds plus one to the hit rolls for attacks made by those missile weapons if your target is within nine inches of the attacking model. So it is attacking model, not the attacking unit. This is great because if your opponent is within nine inches, you'll be hitting on twos, or it will be a nice counter to the negatives uh, that are applied with Unleash Hell. The other thing you probably should notice is that the Reavers have lost the Swift Tide ability, and that will allow them to re-roll their run rolls. There's no um, counter ability for them. They've just flat out lost Swift Tides. And much like the Nomadi Thralls, the Icon Bearer still gets their plus one attack in melee, but they um, don't get the re-rolls to their Battle Shock. You will also notice the Keening Blade profile has been slightly modified, and the attacks have gone down from two attacks to one attack, and the wound roll in combat for the, for the Reavers is a four now instead of a three. So it's a little bit harder in combat, but they've probably gotten a whole lot better in shooting. Finally, let's look at our Street Sharks, and the Alapexes have gained two wounds on their profile. So they've gone from eight wounds base up to a 10 wounds base, which is awesome. Their move, their save, their bravery remains unchanged, and they are still not a monster. So they haven't regained the monster keyword. The Shark's Missile and Melee profile is consistent with Broken Realm's Marathi, with the exception of the Harpoon Launcher that now does D3 damage instead of a flat 1. Now some of the most exciting updates to the Alapexes in my opinion is if you decide to reinforce the Sharks to have two or more models, you will now gain access to a Champion and new Coherency rules. So the unit champion, so you must have two models in the unit, so if you just choose one, you don't get a champion. But if there is two or more models in the unit, one becomes an Alpha Alapex, and the Alpha Alapex gets to add plus one to their hit rolls in melee, which is pretty sweet. I spoke about Coherency, and there is an update to this Merciless Shiver, which essentially allows your Alapexes to be coherent within three inches rather than one. So you might have seen this rule already in play with things like your the Stormcast Dragons, those little dragons. Now you have the, essentially the same rules, which means that you are going to be able to dominate more of the board. It means you can do some pinning. There's some nice shenanigans you can do when you have coherency of three 
with something that's good in combat and um you know can hold its own especially when it's got 10 wounds apiece bloodthirsty predator rule has been improved by extending out the range to be six inches as opposed to i think it used to be three inches but the way it works now is that you'll gain plus one to the attack characteristic of the ferocious bites if your sharks are within six inches of an enemy model that has either had wounds allocated to it or if it's within six inches of an enemy unit that's had models slain in that turn. And finally, for those people who, who are not taking the harpoon launches but are going for the nets and they're worried about their nets, the entangled rule remains the same. So you can restrict the pile-in abilities um, if you are doing a, scoring a hit roll on your nets. At the back of the Fury of the Deep booklet, there is a set of points for not only your new heroes to be used in match play and tournament, but also updated points for your uh, new troops. Now, one of the most interesting point updates for me was the Volkite Berserker units, because as I mentioned, it is now split up into two profiles, and they are pointed differently. The Hand Axe Volkite Berserkers are slightly cheaper than the Sling Shield, which probably makes sense considering that sling shields now come with a base save of four as opposed to hand axes which is a five now i'm reluctant to comment too much on the points ups and downs with a new battle tome likely to be coming which will come with tweaks to allegiance abilities and war scrolls and um, potential other things that might change the context of what we've seen so far but if I'm playing between now and whenever these battle tomes come out, I think the Flamekeeper is an absolute steal for 80 points. It's a good set of utility rules for units that I'm already taking. While with the Deepkin players, I guess the question is going to be, are you willing to drop your eels and your sharks to allow yourself points for your Nomati? And when I look at the Thrallmaster at 110 points, I think it is a worthy addition if you're going to take your Nomati. I think it's a good unit. The question is... Are you going to drop eels and sharks and other options to create the space? So for anyone who is interested in the lore of this box, I'm not going to go too deep. If you're worried about spoilers, skip this part of the video. But I will share a little bit about the lore and how we got to this point where Fire Slayers and the Eidneth Deepkin are battling in this box. The Fury of the Deep story is set in Akshi, the Realm of Fire, and we are south of Hallowhard and Hammerhall and Tempest Eye, three of the grand cities of Sigma, and we are south of the Great Parch in a city called Rithmar. And for centuries, the magma hold of Rifmar guarded the southern coast of the Brimstein Hearthland against the ravaging hordes of raiders and cannibals. And for anyone who might have read the Realmgate Wars, we are back in the realm of Akshi where Stormcast was fighting off Khorne. Powering the forged temple of Rifmar was this gigantic active submarine volcano, which was located at the bottom of the Vigtrol Sea which was a vast expansive sizzling body of water which could strip the flesh and bones off a mortal within moments. The demise of Rifmar really began during the Great Flamewater Wars after a powerful Skaven engineer bore a hole into the Rifmar magma vaults using a bloody submarine drill. Now, while the Fire Slayers would go on to defeat the Skaven, it was that Warpstone drill did enough damage to destroy the foundations of the Magma Hold, which the Fire Slayers over centuries could never repair or replace, despite the great efforts of their Auric Forge Priests. And it's really here that the story starts to kick in with the Eye of the Deepkin Iron Rack Enclave watching the demise of the Fire Slayers of Rifmar from afar. 
Attempt after attempt to repair this magma hole would continue to fail, and the Eidnadipkin knew that eventually the Vitrol Sea would erode and collapse this civilization. So, why not claim these high quality souls for themselves and appease the High King Volturnus? It is here that the story is set and you are offered some narrative battle plans and additional stories to explore. I was a little surprised to see Games Workshop release a Battle Force box that is mostly focused on foot troops in a meta that is currently focused on monster heroes. There are no magma drops in this box, there is no turtles, it is just foot troops, foot heroes and a shark. I found it quite hard to form an opinion on the box because it also lacks the battle tome for a frame of context. Because on a surface level, the heroes are good value. The Deepkin War Scrolls have been improved. The Fire Slayers units seem to have lost a little bit of their durability outside of the improvements to things like the Sling Shield saves. It's fair to assume that there is a new battle tome coming for 3rd edition, but the big question that we've all got is when. Will the Fire Slayers have faction-wide ward saves? How will the Deepkin tides change? Will there be boosts in the sub-factions that will supercharge the Thralls even further than the Thrallmaster? Using the new rules with the old battle tomes, I could see Deepkin players are currently happy with what they've got, and are probably very likely to try off some of the new Nomadi units, while Fire Slayers are probably feeling like they've lost more than they've gained. If you're a casual player or looking to start collecting these miniatures, this is a good start collecting box for you. Uh, you're probably not too worried about the competitive level and what it brings to match play. If I'm a competitive player looking to buy this box, I'm buying it because I want the models. And I've always wanted to start a Fire Slayers or a Deepkin army. Or maybe I've already got the Eels, the Turtles and the Sharks. And I need to buy more troops. So this is a good value. Save some money, get access to a new hero before general release. And I'm feeling optimistic with the changes to the War Scroll that a future battle tome will only enhance my my foot troops with battalions and sub-factions and other third edition rules. But if I'm sitting on the fence, maybe I'm waiting a little bit longer to see what is more coming out. But I think overall, if I'm looking at a box that I want some troops and I want access to some heroes, this is good. If I'm looking for someone who wants to get in front of the meta, maybe I'm waiting for the battle tome to kind of be released. But hey, I don't play either of these factions. Um, and if I was going to play one of the factions, it would be Deepkin. And it would be more for the eels, the sharks, the turtles, and more of those monsters. But I'd be really curious to hear from you in the comment section what you think about this box. Is this? Uh, are you happy about some of the changes that have come in from the War Scrolls? Would you find some space in your army to include the Flame Keeper or the Thrallmaster? Uh, let me know what you're thinking in the comment section. Always curious to hear from you. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes.